expectations whatsoever. Do you ever have any of those kind of days? It's just one of those days. You get up, it's just one of those days. Most of us have those kind of days. We, we get out of bed, we take a shower, we get dressed, we have breakfast, we go to work, we have our lunch break, we work some more, we go home, we eat dinner, we watch Netflix, we go to bed, right? Just one of those days. So life settles into this routine and it becomes predictable. I hate to say that about us, but it does, right? Just kind of becomes predictable, but not on this day. Take a look. One day, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. So here we find Moses now. This is our main character. We find Moses, and of all things, he's working for his father-in-law. Don't miss that. He is preoccupied with caring for sheep that aren't even his. Don't miss that. Thinking that the past was gone, that life had settled into this routine, there was no reason in the world for him to think that anything would ever change. He thought this was it. But today would be the beginning of a brand new chapter in his life. I mean, think about it. There were no hints. There were no premonitions. There was no signs to, to alert Moses that God was going to break into his life that day and change everything. Little did, no, did Moses know that he was going to hear God speak to him, literally speak, audibly speak to him. And I share all this because all too often, we get caught up in the supernatural burning bush part of this story. In Exodus 3, if you're a Bible person or if you've been around church world for any length of time, you kind of know this story. And so you instantly go to this exciting burning bush, the supernatural burning bush. And it's where God spoke and all of this. And we fail to realize that this happened on just an ordinary day. Something extraordinary. God broke in with the extraordinary on an ordinary day in Moses' life. Friends, more often than not, God speaks to us on ordinary days. Don't ever dismiss the ordinary day that you might find yourself in. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe Thursday. I don't know. Whenever it's going to happen. Don't, don't dismiss those days because... God has a tendency to break into the, the routine of our life, the predictable of our life. In, in my life, and I believe in yours, God works by, by simply stepping into this, this predictability, this ordinary, and he does amazing things, and he speaks to us. So, so how did Moses end up here? I mean, that's the thing we got to talk about. How did he end up herding sheep for his father-in-law? Well, Moses was born into a Hebrew family when it was a really bad time to be born a Hebrew. He was born into a time when Pharaoh, the leader of Egypt, basically the king of the world, felt that, that he was threatened by the Hebrew people. And so he ordered the elimination, the infanticide, of all male Hebrew children two years and under. But Moses' parents decided to disobey the law. They decided to hide Moses. They saw something special in him, is what scripture tells us. But eventually, how many of you know you can't keep a baby hidden very long? And that was the case. And so, through a, a crazy and divine series of events, 
We read in Acts chapter 7, verse 21, that Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and raised him as her own. Now, now think about the irony of that. Here are two Hebrew parents hiding their baby from Pharaoh because they don't want him to be killed. And of all things, through a series of events, this baby becomes adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. And he begins to grow up and live in Pharaoh's household. God does some strange things. Have you ever noticed that? He really does. I mean, think about some of the Old Testament stories. God calls a childless Abraham to become the father of many nations. God calls a shepherd boy, David, to defeat a giant. God takes Joseph through slavery and prison to become second in command of the nation of Egypt. God uses a Jewish girl to become a Persian queen to save her people. God puts a Hebrew baby Moses into Pharaoh's household to be developed to lead the Hebrews out of Egyptian bondage. God does some strange things. It says in verse 22, Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians and he was powerful in both speech and action. Archaeologists tell us that Moses would have been schooled in Egyptian writing. Hieroglyphics is one of the, the hardest languages to ever learn. He would have been schooled and educated in this. He would have been educated in science and medicine and philosophy and astronomy, in organizational leadership and military strategy, military combat, law. He would have been uh, instructed in Egyptian uh, religion. Do you see how God was preparing and shaping Moses for the role that he was going to play? Because we all know the Moses story. Friends, all too often... We, we think about the destination that God has for us and we neglect the journey. We don't see the fact that it's in the journey that God is developing us. And I, I, I feel like that's for, I threw this in yesterday because I feel like that's, some, that's something for someone here today. Don't neglect the journey. Maybe you haven't got to where you want to be right now, but God is doing something in the journey. He's shaping you, he's developing you, for what he wants to do in your life. So don't neglect that. God really does know what he's doing. Let me, let me say that again. God really does know what he's doing. In fact, tell somebody that near you. Would you just tell them, hey, God knows what he's doing. He does. He knows what he's doing. In that developing process that you find yourself in right now, where you are in life, in that, in that process, in that place right now where you are, God is shaping you so that he can use you. One day, Acts 7.23 says, one day when Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his relatives, the people of Israel, the Hebrews. He saw an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite. So Moses came to the man's defense and avenged him, killing the Egyptian. Moses assumed his fellow Israelites would realize that God had sent him to rescue them. But they didn't. It says the next day when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating up your friend, Moses said to the one who had started the fight. The man replied, who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? And then Moses was afraid, thinking everyone knows what I did. And sure enough, Pharaoh heard what had happened. And he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. Guess where Midian is? Midian is where he meets this lady, falls in love, 
And he ends up having a father-in-law named Jethro who has a lot of sheep that he begins to shepherd them for the next 40 years of his life. Wow. 40 years ago, he ran from Egypt, from the household of Pharaoh. 40 years had passed since Moses attempted to start doing what he thought God had called him to do. We're going to talk a little bit about that in a couple of weeks. But I want to ask you a question here, and I just want you to think about it for a moment. Are you willing to wait 40 years for God's plan to take place in your life? Can you survive waiting 40 years for God's plan in your life? Hmm. I'm pretty sure that Moses had dismissed the idea completely. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, that was 40 years ago. That was a lifetime ago. Do you ever feel that way? I'm getting to that age now where it kind of, you know, I think back to high school and it's like, wow, that just feels so long ago. You know, can you imagine for Moses coming to age 40, running for his life from Pharaoh, and now 40 years later at age 80, this is where he is. It was a lifetime ago that he thought God had called him to lead the Hebrews. Moses felt that he had destroyed his future with God, maybe because of what he had done. He, he was accepting plan B. Well, I didn't get in on plan A. I messed it up. So now I'm settling for plan B to settle down, to live a life in obscurity in the backside of nowhere so that no one would find me. So Moses was doing his job in Acts 7, verse 30, 40 years later in the desert near Mount Sinai. An angel appeared to Moses in the flame of of a burning bush. You know the part that gets me right there? 40 years later. Are you ready to wait 40 years for God's plan? Hmm. So it happens like it happens in my life and in your life. Moses runs into something that is holy Moses runs into something that God is doing. God breaks into his comfortable and content existence. And and this is the day that it all begins in Moses' life. Verse 2 of Exodus 3, The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn. Something caught his eye. I mean, think about this. He's, he's you know, shepherding his sheep. And what, is, what does a shepherd do in the desert with his sheep? He's just trying to find something for his sheep to graze on. And he's looking for grass and whatever. And he's just kind of sleepwalking through his job. Anybody else do that? It's just that ordinary day of looking at sheep butts and, you know, hearing them by and, all, and just there's nothing else. And, and he's looking over the landscape for them to be able to graze and something catches his eye. It gets his attention. Verse 3, Moses says, this is amazing. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. And this is what God wanted to do all along. God was trying to get his attention. In the middle of that ordinary day, that normal day, that routine, that predictable day, he was trying to get Moses' attention. 
God's trying to get your attention. Don't miss that. God's trying to get your attention. Just like he did with Moses. Since when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look. Let me back up and read that again. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses replied, here I am. See, what's taking place here is God watches to see if we will give him our undivided attention. And that's the core of this series I want you to get this down in your outline. When Moses came closer, God spoke to him. When Moses came closer, God spoke to him. There is no record of God speaking to Moses for the last 40 years of his life. Nothing. But on this day, when Moses came closer to what God was doing, when Moses came closer to where God was, God spoke. This should speak to a lot of us here at Pathway Church today. I've heard about how many of us are seeking God's direction in our life, how we're, we're, we're listening for God to speak to us. We're wanting God to show us. We're, we're seeking God. I've had conversations with many of us in this room about how we are needing to hear God at this point in our life. We're looking for him to speak to us. And so many of us have talked about how we don't hear God, how, how we don't know if, how to hear God. We, we wonder if God's going to speak at all to us. If you need to hear God, can I tell you something? You need to be here at Pathway Church the next couple of weeks because that's all we're going to talk about. Over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how God is speaking to us and how we can position ourselves to hear him. But God's not done. Verse 5, God says, do not come any closer Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. Before he noticed there was something holy going on, God had to say, stop. Don't move. Wow. <laughs> this is holy ground. This is, this is no longer an ordinary day, Moses. This is not your routine predictable day. You are standing in the presence of a holy God, and you've got to stop moving. You've got to realize this. You've got to be aware of this. Not just seeing, not just hearing. God asked Moses to do something very physical, to stop, to take off his sandals, to take a moment to be present in God's presence, to sense that he is there, to sense his holiness. Moses was so preoccupied with managing his life, which was filled with all kinds of stuff that makes him oblivious to the fact that God was doing something. And just like you and me, Moses needs to become aware of what God is doing right under our feet. Remember, God moves in the journey. God is doing something right under your feet, wherever you are. And you may not even be recognizing, you might not even be aware of it, but God is doing something. In your everyday life, there are there are holy places. You know why? Because God is, is always at work. That's the thing that I have to remind myself of a lot. Because there's another truth about God that I think is God is slow. And, and because I think that God is slow and I rarely see what he's doing, 
I have to remind myself that God is at work. He's always at work. I have to remind myself of that. That he works more behind the scenes than he does up front. He works under our feet more than he works in front of us. He's he's doing something in your life. What's it going to take for God to get your attention? Is it going to take a burning bush? Is it going to take an angel speaking? This is what we want you to get today. We want you just just to press pause in your life. We want you to stop moving, quit doing, take off your shoes, press your your toes into the sand of whatever desert you're wandering in right now because right under your feet, God is doing something. Get this down. God will speak to me when I press pause in my life. God speaks when I pause. In fact, I believe that God only speaks when I press pause in my life. Moses could have missed this completely. Don't don't miss this point about Moses. He, He could have completely missed that God was moving. He could have been so focused on what he was doing, or he could have been sleepwalking through life, not paying attention. He could have walked right past the bush and never saw it. But God got his attention. There are so many times we live our lives distracted. We miss the fact that God is trying to get our attention. And we keep on going. And we keep on doing our thing. And we keep on living our life. And we miss what God is trying to say to us all along. I want to challenge you that are saying, I'm not hearing God. My challenge to you is, are you paying attention? Because he is speaking. Maybe it's that you're not hearing Maybe it's that you're not listening. See, I believe we miss, so often miss, what God is trying to do in our lives because of two things. And this is what we're going to wrap off with today. These are are two things that could change your life. I really believe that. Are you ready for them? Now, i got to warn you, they're not really profound. You're not going to go away and go, wow, that Bart is just a wise man. No, you're not going to say that. I'm a practical guy, though. And these things are so practical. They have changed my life. In the last 20 years of my life, these things have changed my life more than anything else. And I'm continuing to do them, and I'm continuing to work on these things. You know why? Because it's a constant struggle. You'll see. Are you ready for them? Here we go. First one, I need to stop. I need to stop. I need to stop so I can hear God. We live in a fast world, and we live fast with little margin. That's how we operate, right? That's just, that's just the world that we live in. We live in a culture where, where you know, this is considered progress. If you move fast, it's progress. We're overscheduling, and double booking is regular behavior. We, we run from one thing to the next. We multitask. And we're, it's expected. We, we're doing things at, at regular speed is frowned upon. 
We, we live fast. We move fast. We always keep moving forward. You, you fall behind if you fail to move fast, to keep moving. Progress means faster, and faster is better. But I've learned something. I've learned <laughs> that if I don't stop for a short time every day, if I don't stop for a short time every day, I lose my bearings in life. I lose my, my balance in life. I lose myself in the, in the busyness and the hurry up and the faster. I lose myself. If I don't stop, I won't hear God. And if I don't hear God, I get lost. See, God tells us, be still and know that I am God. And for many of us, this is the hardest verse in the Bible, to be still. Because we want to be on the go. We want to move forward. We, standing still, being still is not moving forward. There's no progress in that. God, I, I've got to keep moving. I've got to keep moving forward. And God is saying, stop. One version of this says, cease striving. Stop. See, stopping allows me to see and sense and experience what I would otherwise miss. Have you ever noticed that we start moving so fast in life, we get going so fast in life that life becomes a blur and we miss the little things in life? It's very true. And, and we miss what's most important in life. And, and, and for me, I want to know God. I want to, to hear God. I think it's vital in my life. Maybe you feel the same way. And so I realize that in order for me to hear God, I have to stop. If I don't stop, I won't hear God. Say it with me. If I don't stop, I won't hear God. I mean, stopping seems so basic, it, but, but it requires so much discipline to stop every day, to take a moment and stop, especially when, when everything in life is prompting us to keep moving, to stop. The next thing, get this one down, I need to focus. I not only need to stop, but I need to focus. You know what the enemy of focus is? Distractions. And we live in a world that is full of distractions. Sometimes I wish that you guys could be up here watching what I watch when I'm trying to focus on teaching. Because every little movement, every little drop, every little cough, every little noise, every little foot movement, every little head, every little, I see that. And it, and it reminds me, focus, focus, focus. You, you have to be able to look past the distractions in order to focus. Um, we live in a culture that wants to keep us distracted. Distraction keeps me, spiritually, it keeps me from hearing God. I get distracted and I, and I, I move on to something else and, and all along God is right there. And he's trying to speak to me, and I have already moved on to something else. My mind has already shifted. God, our lives are so cluttered with, with things and responsibilities and things going on in our lives. How are we ever expected to focus? That's my question. Personally, there's two things that I really work on, and I want to encourage you to do the same. I need to focus on my time and my thinking. My time and my thinking. 
Too many things in my schedule, too many things on my mind, and it causes me to be unfocused. And if I'm unfocused, I'm not doing what I need to do. We all know this to be true. I I need to purge things from my mind. I need to purge things from my schedule. I mean, that honestly, that may be the most spiritual thing you could do today is to go home and purge your schedule. Wow, that's big. It's make space for God to speak. I don't know about you, but I, I write my um, quiet time with God, my alone time with God in the mornings, I write it into my schedule. I put it on my calendar. I have a, an alert on my phone that reminds me because I want to make that a priority. And so make space, purge things. All too often in my life, things start running too fast and I don't think clearly and because my life becomes unfocused and the crazy thing that I've discovered and maybe you've discovered this too is when I make time to think, I find myself doing that. But if I don't make time to think, If I'm going so fast that I can't even think, everything becomes blurry. My relationships, not just with God, my relationships with my wife, my kids, others, things just become a blur. I need to simplify my schedule to what really matters. I need to cut down my to-do list to what's really important. And here's the big one, and it's big for all of us. I need to disconnect from my devices more often. I'm just talking to me, but it may be talking to you too. I need to disconnect more often. When was the last time you disconnected yourself from your devices? If you can't remember it, it's too long. Hmm. I'm not saying forever. Oh, Bart's one of those kind of people. You know, just against the devices, they're of the devil. No, I'm not saying that. I've got my phone right here in my pocket, right? Okay, I... I'm just saying that there are times when you need to disconnect. Listen, if you take your mobile device into your time alone with God, if you're not careful, and I'm just saying this from experience, if you're not careful, it will distract you. And it will cause you to be unfocused. And you can have all the greatest intent. I've got an app on my phone that lets me step into the Hebrew and the Greek of the Bible. And so I can look up scriptures and I can see in the Hebrew and all that. And if I'm not careful, I will run down a rabbit hole. And I'll Google it and I'll Biblos it and I'll do all of this stuff. And God is over there somewhere. And I've already left him at the table. Because I'm running. My mind is running. I don't know if if you identify with that at all. But it's so easy, even, even for the right reasons, it's so easy to get distracted. Or the prompt, you know, pops up on your phone that somebody just updated their status on Facebook. It's like, oh, look at that. And all of a sudden, boom, you're gone, right? It's true. Hmm. When was the last time you disconnected? For a short time, each day. A couple of things that have helped me, and I'm just giving these out just because this is what I've been going through. A couple of things that have helped me disconnect is going on dates with my wife is a big one. Um, You know why? She tells me to disconnect. When we're on a date, the phone is off, right? It's not sitting on the table. It's not, well, if it's it's sitting on the table, it's face down. So the, the, the volume is off and it's face down. So I can't see what's popping up on the screen, right? 
Bart, man, you have a problem. Yeah, we all do. If, if we run our life this way, it's very true. The other thing that has helped me to take time away from my device is my puppy Brody. Um, he, he, I want to spend time with him, and I'm, I'm, unless I'm taking a picture of him like this one, um, I just want to step away from my device and spend some time with him. I've got him in obedience training this week. Pray for us. Uh, Thursday we started, and uh, he did all right. He did all right. But uh, uh, find things that help you want to disconnect. That, that's what I'm getting at here. You know, we, we talk about, oh, it's so important that we disconnect, but, but sometimes we don't want to disconnect. So find things that cause you to want to disconnect for a period of time. It's a good thing because if you're not careful, it can really be a major distraction. Even if it's just 15 minutes a day, disconnect from your devices. Enjoy life without distraction. Some of us need to turn off the notifications on our apps. They are distracting you. You need to kill those. So, Check out how God speaks into this. This is a great passage. You probably know this one, at least the first part. God says, I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. But I wonder if you read, have read the second part. It says, God says, if you look for me, what's that next word? Wholeheartedly. What does wholeheartedly mean? It means with everything of who you are. Number one priority, everything you are. If you look for me with everything you are, God says, if you look for me with focus and you've stopped, no distractions. If you come closer to the bush, right? That's, I mean, that's what happened to Moses, right? If, if you look for me, you will Find me. Listen, some of you are saying, I'm not hearing God speak to me about things in my life. And my question to you is, are you seeking wholeheartedly? Are you coming closer to the bush? Because if you're not coming closer to the bush, where God is doing something, where God is moving, you will not hear God. If you don't stop, you will not hear God. You know why? Because God wants your undivided attention. You know why? Because he's got the most important things to say to you. That's why. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you'll find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. So let's read the verse that we started out with one more time, okay? One day, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, he led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. Now that last part is what I want you to see. That he came to Sinai, the mountain of God. If you know anything about the Moses story, oh man, Moses was in the shadow of the very mountain the very location, the very spot. He was in the shadow of the mountain where God would have him eventually lead the people of God, the Hebrews. He was in the shadow of the very mountain where God would display his power for all to see. But get this. He was in the shadow of the mountain where eventually God would speak to Moses face to face. 
Friends, something that you and I need to realize is that God watches to see if you will give him your undivided attention because it's at that point where God's going to do something incredible in your life. What does God have planned for you? You will never know until you come closer so God can speak to you. Would you stand with me?